So this is from Deuteronomy, it's chapter 18, verses 15 through 18. It says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I commanded him. Thank you, Tim. Great to see everybody. Am I in a well or... Okay, just just trying to see what goes on here. All right, thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Michael, for that song. I like the song, uh, but I want you to think about the message for it. There's a stirring deep within. Is someone calling me? And so let me just ask you that. I mean, you just sang that. Is someone calling me? And maybe they are. Because we want to talk about how God raises up new leaders. And uh, maybe you ought to think about yourself that way. Maybe you're not ready to be one of the elders yet. But maybe God raises up for you for leadership in a different way. And the fact is that God can truly do this. And that's what we want to think about today is about how God does raise up new leaders and he raises up new leaders every time he wants something different. He wants something done. I want to take you back to the time when we find Israel and they had gone down into Egypt and were captive in Egypt. And they had been captive for about 400 years. And then it says, and then they prayed to God. And God heard their prayer and God raised up a new leader. Of course, the new leader that God raised up was Moses, but it wasn't just an immediate, okay, we prayed, and now God said, yes, you finally are praying to me, um, and oddly enough, he says, I'll send a baby. And so a baby is born, the baby is Moses, at a time when other babies were being killed, and he grows up in the palace. What an incredible thing to realize that he can grow up in the palace, and He's learning all about the government and learning in one of the most advanced civilizations. And so here he is being able to learn all of this. And finally, he gets to the right age where he feels like, you know what, I think it's time. We can do something. And he goes out to see how his people are doing. He's 40 years old. He's ready to lead. I mean, he and obviously God has chosen him this whole time. And so you see him putting all this together. All right, it's you and me, God, and we're going to do some great things. And he goes out to see the conditions and he finds they don't accept him. In fact, they kind of ask, well, who made you ruler over us? Well, God did. Prove it. Well... <laughs> That's pretty hard to do. On top of that, he's got some other issues going on. And so Moses, having lived his whole life to be the answer to the prayer that the people had asked, goes away. 
Not only is he the answer to their prayer, he's the answer to the promise that Abraham was given, that in that specific land of Canaan, that's where all of his descendants would live, and God would give it to them. And this is the way God's going to give it to them, and, and now it's not going to happen. And so once again, you see, but God wasn't done raising up his leader, because when God raises up a leader, he is going to raise up a leader, and that did not change at all. And so Moses spends 40 years in the wilderness. He's now 80 years old. If we brought this guy in, would you follow? I mean, we're going to go on a hike. <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to make the hike. I mean, Harry can make the hike, but I'm not sure he's going to make the hike. I mean, you start looking at this, and it's like, whoa, okay. Pack everything up. I want you to come with me. We're all going to go to promised land. And they're not so sure about God's plan, and they're really not so sure about the leader that God is raising up, but God definitely is raising him up. Moses isn't so sure that this is a good plan either, because while he was ready at 40, now at 80, he is not quite so ready. I don't know if those of you who are 80 have found that, that you're not quite as ready to do the things you were doing at 40, but that seems to be at least the case with Moses. And so he's not quite as ready, but God is. And that's what matters. And that's what I want you to realize is that's what matters, is that's what God wants. And so God convinces Moses, and certainly the rest is history. As we look at the passage and realize that as this is written from Deuteronomy, so Moses would be looking back on the fact that they have already come out of Egypt or are at the gate of the promised land. Moses is unable to go in, but he gives them a promise. And the promise is that God is going to raise up a leader like me from among you. And that that promise is going to be fulfilled. In fact, he reminds them this was set up long ago because at the time that we were there with the receiving of the law at Mount Sinai, and it was very impressive. God was doing everything he could to be able to impress upon them the fact that I am God. And so there's great earthquakes, and there's fire, and there's smoke, and there's cloud, and there's the, the rumbling, and the ground just doesn't seem very stable anymore, and God speaks from the top of the mountain, and here we are, and he speaks those Ten Commandments from the top of the mountain, and maybe that's why we look at those and, and say, wow, those are so important, and, and the people just can't take it. They're, they're like, please stop talking to us. Can't we send somebody else that will come and, and tell us what you said? Let's send Moses, and Moses will, will be the guy who comes and tells us what you said. And God says, that's absolutely right. They were absolutely correct because I am raising up a leader to lead the people and no longer will he talk to them on an individual basis. 
In fact, from this time on, God will not go anywhere or do anything without him raising up a leader to be able to bless his people, to be able to get his people to do something, to be able to, to enact his will on all of the things. It's a complete change in how things happen. And so God begins to, from this time to be able to raise up a leader. And of course, the leader that he's talking about there is Jesus. And we see some other times where God raises up leaders. But the specific one, he's talking about Jesus. And Jesus does the same thing, right? He calls 12 to be able to follow him and to be able to realize who he is. Those will be the next leaders. And so he has them follow. And from then on, God raises up leaders. And it's even the same way in the church. We look at what happens there, and we look at some people are specifically appointed. Like Paul and Barnabas, they are specifically chosen by the Holy Spirit and sent out because that's what he told them. Some are just chosen because, well, there's a need, and so we have this need, and so Stephen and seven are chosen to be able to fill a need. And sometimes there are just elders are appointed because we need somebody to be in charge there. And this is the way God does this. And God will raise up a leader for them. And they will be that leader. We see this especially with Paul and Barnabas at the end of the first missionary journey. They have gone through. Paul has been stoned. They decide, okay, this is the end of the trip. I think the stoning may have had a little bit to do with it. And so they start backwards and they go to every church. It says, when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them in the Lord to whom they had believed. And so it isn't really them making the decision. It's God raising someone up. And that's what God said he was going to do. And that's the way in which we see all of this progressing, that God would raise up a leader. It isn't really a guessing game and going, well, okay, who should we get? Well, look for who God's raising up. That seems to be the obvious one. And they may not even know it yet. They may not be obvious before that. But at that time, for that purpose, God raises up a leader to be able to deal with his people and to lead his people. Paul and Barnabas are not staying. We started a church. Bye. Well, that doesn't seem right, does it? I mean, here they just became Christians, some of them maybe a year. Would you want to be an elder after a year? Would you think this is going to be a colossal failure if you, you know, just... A year old Christian, okay, well, you're the elder, you're the guy in charge, let's listen to... But God raises up a leader. And so that's the part we have to remember about this. It's not risky at all when God does that. And that is what God does in his church, and you can see it as it comes all the way through time. God does not deliver his people without a leader. God still raises up leaders today. And he does so from among the people. And so make sure you realize that we are in the process of looking for elders. They 
mentioned that last week. There's a form. There's people sitting around you. Go talk to them. Uh, see who you might want. See who you think God is raising up. The process that he gives them here is prayer and fasting. And that's the process for selecting leaders. It's not just, well, I like that guy, um, or he drives a nice car. It's, uh, you know, who's God raising up? And the leaders are from among us, and that's the way in which it happens. So God raised them up for a specific need. And as you look through the Bible and as you look through our times today, we realize that sometimes the specific need might be a warrior. Sometimes the specific need might be a negotiator or a spiritual man or someone that people are able to get what they need from that time. And God raises them up from among the people and they are able to do something that may, may have not done before. They start as ordinary. They start as just, well, in fact, they are you and me. And God raises up, well, it must be you. And so that's how the work progresses. That's how we see things go forward. Because why would you raise up a leader if you're not going to go anywhere? Why would you raise up a leader if, okay, we just want to stay the same and we don't really want to do anything different. We're just going to sit where we are. Um, let's appoint more people as leaders so we can stay where we are. That is never the case with God. Anytime he's going to raise up a leader is because there is something that God wants done. And that's always the case, as we see with the commission Jesus gives. It's a little bit unnerving. I saw this, a little bit small. It says, a leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but they ought to be. And sometimes we find ourselves in those kind of situations. That's not where I wanted to go, but it's the place God wants us to be, and it's the place where we're going, and... Uh, so as you look at the different leaders at different times, they all have a specific purpose. And we looked at Moses, and he is to establish a nation. He's not a mighty warrior. I mean, he's been trained in the palace. He's been trained in negotiations and in leadership and in government. And he's going to take a people who have never governed themselves before. And he's going to take them and lead them to a new land, to a new nation, and give them this form of government that God is going to be able to give to him as well as establish a worship, a new covenant, and everything else with God. And so they really need someone who's strong like that. He gives them the law and the organization they had never had before. Joshua is the leader after him, and he goes into conquering a land. But Joshua's pretty good. He's behind Moses. He's watched all that Moses does, but he's the warrior. He does what Moses could not do, which is lead into battle. And so now they conquer the land. Gideon is one of the judges, and he's there for deliverance of an enemy. Does not feel good about himself, doesn't like it. But he's a warrior who wins battles by not fighting. It's always a little odd there. 
but that's an obvious case of God raises up who he wants to and says, you know what, I don't need a fighter right now. I just need somebody who will stand there. And you look at what God's able to do. And it's amazing. Samson is another one of the judges. There's a war with the Philistines and you need deliverance. And so you send the biggest, baddest, strongest guy you've got. You don't need an army when one guy will do, right? And that's what you see happening. I mean, he's got so much strength when the Spirit of the Lord comes on him. I don't know that he looked like it or that he was huge. It's just be very afraid when you see him. Don't make him angry. Uh, he just needed one guy and God decides, I'm going to show you I can do it with just one guy. And that's all it's going to take. And sure enough... He's stronger than the other people's army. You notice that Moses said he's going to raise up a leader like me. That means Jesus was the leader like Moses. I'm so glad Jesus was not the leader like Samson. I mean, can you think of what it would be like then? But he raises up those people specifically to be like they are, and they do not fit together, but they fit the occasion. They fit what the need of the moment is. Deborah's one of the judges as well. She's the decisive one in a time where men can't decide anything. They're all scared. They're all afraid. And so he says, tell you what, Go ask Deborah, and she'll tell you, yes, you can do this. And she is also one that is used to win battles by never going to fight one, but by giving the confidence to someone else to be able to go and do it because she said so. God raised up a leader. David is the one who's got a heart like like God. He's a warrior, he's a king, he's a poet, he's a shepherd, and he is the king before Jesus because Jesus will sit on his throne. And there are numerous prophets. Some lived alone, some no one followed. I've always heard that as the definition of a leader is the one people are following, not necessarily with God, which seems to defy all the business models and everything else because you've got an Elijah and you've got an Elisha and the whole nation, the king, and everybody else is off on to something else that's evil and wicked and nope, man of God's still there, still stands strong, is still the leader. And in each one of those cases, you see there is a new leader when change occurs, when they are going somewhere, when there's land to be conquered, when there's deliverance that is needed, when somebody needs to do something about a situation. And it is not always obvious. Some of them were very reluctant, but they were ordinary people like you and me. The difference is that God raised them up. And I think that's what makes a huge difference. So there's a stirring. Is he calling you? I want to compare two different scriptures today. The first is one of the passages from Titus that talks about elders. 
And so Titus chapter 1, and starting in verse 7, this is not all the qualifications. I'm just trying to make a comparison between people here, actually. And so here are some of the things it says about elders. And when you make a suggestion about elders, please realize there are qualifications and make sure that, you know, I know they're nice people, but maybe not for elder. Um, nominate them to be your friend. That would work. And so here he says for the p position, he says for an overseer, as God's steward, he must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also able to rebuke those who contradict it. Well, that looks like a lot, and that's not even all of it, because, wow, what if you're strong in some and weak in others? Well, I think as long as you've got some of all of these, make sure that, that yeah, this is who this guy is, this is who he looks like, that he has self-control, that he is disciplined and upright, and then some of the negative ones, make sure that those aren't a struggle he's still, deal, still dealing with. So does the person qualify? And it may look like from scriptures, you read some of these things, there's nobody ever going to qualify for this. No, that's not the case. Remember, God raises up a leader who will be like that. Now, maybe you don't need to look at every single moment in his past and that uh, every single moment he's been that way but that he is that way now because God raises him up. So can God raise up a leader to lead his people to be all that they should be? That's really what we want here at Mesa, for us to be what God wants. There's one other scripture I just want to give you by comparison. In Luke 22, this is the disciples who were with Jesus. It says, a dispute arose among them as to which one of them would be regarded as the greatest. Sounds like a good argument. And he said to them, the king of the gent and the, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become the youngest and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, the one who reclines at table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as one who serves. And so your answer may be yes on every other standard and scale that the one who is greater is the one who gets served. But that's not us. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's not me. And that's not you if you're the leader that God is raising up. The question I have is, when was this? I mean, here they are. They've been following Jesus, and they begin arguing about who's the greatest. How would you win that? I mean, I've baptized more people than you. I've cast out three more demons than you. I've 
healed worse diseases than you. I guess certainly you could come up with a qualification somehow as to how this would look and how this would go. And well, you know, I'm just a, the better looking one than you. I, I don't know what standard they had, but the, the question is, you know, well, they're arguing about who's the greatest. Obviously, they're not ready for leadership because that doesn't fall in with one of our elder qualities, right? As the one who's humble and is self-controlled, and these guys seem like kids. So when is Luke 22:24? They're in the upper room. And tomorrow Jesus will be dead. And everything will be different. And in 50 days, they will be apostles in a new church. In the first church with 3,000 people. It might be easier if there was 10, 500 huge and impossible and 3,000 that never knew each other is just kind of incredible. 50 days. In a month and a half, these will be the people who are giving the apostles teaching that everyone will hold to for the rest of time. These are the guys who will write the rest of the book. Do you think they're ready? So it may be time to start, stop talking about who's the greatest and just be the greatest. You don't have to argue about it. Just go ahead and do that. And let God raise you up to be exactly who God intended you to be. And it's not going to be the person who does the bragging about it. It's going to be the person who actually does the work. And so let me ask you, have you been praying about this for, first of all, something to happen? Because if we're not going anywhere, do we need a leader? Secondly, are you praying for someone to be a leader that God can use? That can say, yes, this is a group that is going to do amazing things. I don't think that first day that they met after Pentecost, they could have imagined what was going to happen because God had a much bigger view. And today you may say, you know, I really don't know what we need to do. Just trust God, it's going to be better and it's going to be amazing. And so God raises up a leader to accomplish that, what we're watching for. But that's not all God does. God does a lot of things. God is able to raise up a leader. Will we follow? That might be the first question. But God's able to take away sin. And if you haven't done that part, then why are you worried about the leader? Because you're not following what God says anyway. So let's at least start with that part and do these things first that when God says you need to have your sins forgiven, that we would say, yes, I need to have my sins forgiven. How do I do that? 
will you repent of your sins and you decide I'm going to live like Christ and you come and you're baptized into Christ and you start acting and living like Jesus and you become those things. And so before you start looking for a leader, look for the main leader, which was Jesus. It's the one Moses even said. It's through the whole Bible. He's the main leader. And then you follow him. Can God give you that salvation? Is he calling you, first of all, to salvation, first of all, to be his disciple? And then maybe he's calling you to be a leader of other people. Someone that's filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone that people are able to look up to. And you look at your past and go, well, I'm not sure that's me. God's looking at your future. And all you have to do is step up. Is God calling you today to any one of those?